And I actually created a manifesto called the I Stand Manifesto. And that's one of the foundational pieces that we go through. Like an example of mine, one of my core values is creative self-expression. I stand for creative self-expression. I stand for collective healing. I stand for respect. I stand for kindness. I stand for being real. And so the reason why we do this practice in the beginning and the reason why I recommend anybody just do it is because we get clarity and with that clarity of what it is you stand for can really help you determine what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to say no to. Who you're going to play with, meaning partnerships, podcasts, and clientele, and what you want. Is it aligned or is it not aligned? Welcome to The Author's Leverage, the podcast where we explore the journeys that await you beyond your book. I'm your host, Parshel Tashi, and in each episode, we connect with best-selling authors, publishing experts, and industry pros to unveil the pathways that enable you to leverage and amplify your book for extraordinary impact and income. Whether you're a seasoned author or just embarking on your authorpreneur adventure, prepare to be inspired. Today, we're joined by a guest who's going to share some invaluable insights with us. But before I introduce them, I want to invite you to download your copy of our ebook and its companion digital workbook. It's called Five Ways to Get More Bang for Your Book. It's a comprehensive guide to supercharge your author journey, and you can find it below this episode, along with where you can connect with us on social media, subscribe, and rate the podcast. Now, let's dive into today's episode and take a sneak peek into the future of your success as an author. Hey there, and welcome. Today, we're talking about the importance of giving yourself permission to be who you are, and in particular, its impact on your personal brand as an author. And I have a genius strategist and branding coach who is joining me today for the conversation. So let me introduce uh, you to Keisha Lee. Keisha Lee is a personal branding coach, messaging mentor, speaker, and is the founder and CEO of Striking Statements, LLC. Through her embodied branding blueprint, she shows conscious and passionate people how to get noticed, remembered, and paid through the power of authentic self-expression in their personal branding. Keisha has over 18 years of experience in marketing, public relations, sales, copywriting, and personal branding, and she's worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs and brands to define and grow a profitable niche, master their messaging, revamp their branding, and shine bright to attract the right customers and opportunities. Keisha, we're finally making this happen. Like, this is happening. It's happening, like, right now in real time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for, for being here and joining me for the conversation. I'm excited for it. Me too. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So talk a little bit about, I know that in your content, you are always, like, shining bright and really emphasizing the power of, like, authentic self-expression. How yeah. and in what lane in life did this become a passion and something that really is at the forefront of your work? Mm. The idea of my business came to me when I was working in public relations for the world's largest credit union. And I will say that the whole concept at the heart of it, so to speak, remains true to, to today. And this was back in 2000. 13-ish. And although it's evolved, at the heart, it's remained that we truly, each of us truly do desire to be heard and understood. And it's not always easy to do. And 
as we get to certain points in our lives and business, even when we're saying, okay, now I'm ready. I'm ready to really be seen. I'm ready for higher visibility opportunities. I'm ready to impact more people. There is still, there's still a time in that, in a place within us that feels scared. And I am here to help people work through it, to navigate and to shine bright, just like you said in my intro, to really use and harness that light within. And that light is your essence. And what makes it so beautiful, my belief, is your lived experience, your what you've been through and your unique way of expressing yourself in the world. That's at the heart of what I do and what I help people to tap into. And it's huge, especially for authors, because another interview we did earlier today, I think there are like over 4 million books maybe that are published or something to that extent. There's so many publications and content and different types of content that are being produced and going out. And your unique voice, like how you show up is only how you do, right? Among all of those people and other quote unquote competitors and folks that are in the same space. How can, in, in your viewpoint, how can authors better leverage their book, their content, and how they're showing up? How can they show up better and connect with their audience and stand out, right, amongst all of these different options that people have when it comes to their content? Yeah, so I, there's a variety of ways to do that, right? There's strategies, there's um, marketing. In general, for any of that to really work is self-belief and owning your lane, okay? So for me, personal branding, my definition of personal branding is that it's the art of teaching others how to perceive you. And the degree to which we can be, quote-unquote, successful to that, the amount or how effective you want to be, it just really is, it depends on the degree to which you actually see yourself, who you are in the world, right? So it's an ongoing, I also call it a practice. It's never a one and done. <laughs> That's why it's an art because we continue to change and it's just something that we must be consistent with. And knowing who we are, being clear and what's important to us, what we stand for, even our experiences, like I said before, like what parts of our lives have shaped us to be who we are, to really feed that drive and that determination and passion for what it is that we're looking at and what we're doing in the world today. So I would say while there are, it's nuanced in terms of how you can really stand out, but it's really like knowing who your audience is, who your people are, always is that. You've got to tap into, continue to do market research, ask questions about what they're interested in. And, and it really comes from the aspect of, I'm thinking it's coaches, right? Like your audience are coaching, mainly entrepreneurs, coaches that have written mm-hmm. books. So there, it's, this is not new in terms of, understanding what your people want because that's part of entrepreneurship, providing a solution, like seeing that need and making sure that it's a good match for your audience. And I would also say I 
bold. Being bolder looks different depending on who you are. Mm. Sometimes people think, oh, I, I want to be, do I want to be bolder? I want to show up more authentically, but bold, they might think of Gary Vaynerchuk or somebody outrageous. Not that Gary's <laughs> super outrageous, but he is pretty blunt and he can be more out there than others. What I say is it's, we're, we're really getting you to tap more into who you are, like share more about what you really believe in, maybe unpopular opinions, maybe the other things that are important to you in your life, all of those things, and really take a stand for something and be unapologetic about it. Because this is who you are. And if people are going to, this is how you stand out, really. You stand out with your truth. That's how you stand out. You stand out by refusing to meld and you know, social media and all that can be so seductive, right? It can get you thinking if you're not on threads or the latest thing, then you're a loser. And it's just silly. Or maybe you should be doing more constantly. You know, I should do this thing or that thing. And it's just, it's not true. It actually keeps us in a cycle of exhaustion and believing that we've got to do something else. You've got to really tune into you. That's what I say. And it's beautiful. I love that you described it as an art because yeah. it changes and, and it's something that continues to evolve as you take on new challenges, as life just happens, like, or things happen in our society. It brings up, like you said, even a place to stand on in terms of an opinion or what you really feel about something. But I know oftentimes that can be scary for a number of people who especially in this space that might deal with imposter syndrome or deal with, you know, areas of feeling like what you said before, like being good enough of being in that seat. How do you help people overcome those challenges? Because I know it's pretty common for some people that want to be more bold or want to take that next level in their authenticity and how they show up. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of ways. So I created this embodied branding blueprint, which is a framework that I work, it's a process I take my clients through. And one of the things I have something called the art of minding your own business. Again, I like the word the art because it's something that we continue to explore. And, and the more that you explore it, the more inspiration and, and the more you can fine tune. So when it comes to like perfectionism or being afraid of sharing certain things, first of all, I want everybody to remember that you always have domain over what is shared about you, right? It's your life. It's your life. And because I have had clients that have been like super, oh, I don't want people to, there's weirdos out there and I don't want them to know too much about my kids or, and I'm like, you then don't share about your children. <laughs> share about your kid or like share about your routine, share about mm -hmm. the things that like are Share about how you wind down. Share, share about how you support your clients. There's so many things and you always are the curator of it. And then the other aspect, so people usually fall in two camps. Either they just don't know what to share, what not to share, so they don't do much of anything. They stay quiet knowing that there's so much more to me, but it's, this is all I got. This is what I've been used to. And I don't know how to infuse the other aspects. So I ain't going to share. And then there are folks who just throw all sorts of different things out there. Like I'm a magician or <laughs> I, I like to use the example of the real estate 
agent who's also a certified Reiki master and a photographer of nature. That those are a few things, interests. Their main thing is real estate. Probably they've built a reputation, clientele, people know them for the thing. And they are human and have different interests and probably sought out these things for a level of healing and expression, right? So, but how do I introduce these parts? The Reiki, the energy work, and then the pictures of birds that I enjoy on the weekends without looking okay. And how much is too much and how much is not enough? So the people usually t- tend to fall in those two camps. Mm. And what I do through my embodied branding blueprint is helping them, one, really find that common thread, that theme, which is called the it factor. Thing that only they can do in the way that they do it. That energy, that quirk, that, that trait. And in the example of the real estate agent who has these other passions that they are really wanting to express my suggestion is again to look at that common theme so what is the theme between helping people energy and the beauty of nature because they like photography and they like the energy and they like of course helping their clients and i say start by telling the story of why why you are passionate what got you into the energy work and even how does that lend itself to you being even better agent and supporting, you're tapping into an ability of having um, intuition, right? And, and so that really helps you to be emotionally intelligent, to anticipate needs, to even determine helping them find the best match for their home. There's a common thread in, in many of the things. Like, Parshel, you and I had a conversation before going live about me. I'm a Kundalini yoga teacher and I'm a branding expert. <laughs> There's a commonality in terms of helping people express themselves and actually tap into getting to know themselves better, to be more better acquainted with themselves, both through the Kundalini yoga practice and through what I do with personal branding. So I hope that answers your question. No, it totally <laughs> does. In fact, as, as I'm listening to what you're sharing, it's like, honestly, personal branding is like personal branding is here and then there's social media. Then there's your website. Then there's just how you show up going to the store. Like it, it feels like up wow. here is like the core and that extends to other things because I think one of the misconceptions, and I would like to hear more of other misconceptions that you've heard that are pretty common, thinking that, for example, yeah. a personal brand is your social media account. That's not it. So I would love to hear your thoughts on those things and what other misconceptions people have. Oh, yes. I love that you mentioned that. Yes. Okay. So people are like branding. Yes. The pictures, the fonts, the color palette, the logo, and all of those things are under that umbrella of branding. And the personal brand is different because it's about you. And whether you have a product-based business or service or whatever it is that you do, at some point people are going to, if you're working with people and a, a large part of you getting your thing out there and being able to connect with others, it does come down to you and how people feel about you and what they think and how much they trust you. And so personal branding is different than all of the other aspects that do contribute to the overall brand because it is about your energy and it is how you position yourself and it is how you relate and engage with people. So yeah, your personal brand, it doesn't even matter what you do. Everyone has one. It's like your statement to the world. It's like how you're, I like to have my clients answer the question, what do you want to be remembered for? 
this could be more of a longer legacy thought. What do I want to be remembered for when I'm no longer here? What I want to impart in the world? Or how do you want to be remembered when you meet people at a networking event or when you get off of a client call or when you do a book signing or when you show up for a podcast video? What do you want? What do you want to leave with people? For me, I, I want to show up and feel and have people feel the truth of my heart and to feel at ease as well. So that's an important part. Yeah. So it is about who you be in the world. That's the personal brand. That's huge. And sometimes in your case, I think I've, I read this in a book by David Baker about the things called the business of expertise. And in there, I, I always remember this image because he had like different images in there, but it was a picture of a person inside of a jar and the label was outside of the jar. And you as that person, I think sometimes don't have, I guess, that reflection back oftentimes of maybe how you are currently showing up. What is it that you are currently presenting and having? That sweet little kitty. <laughs> Grit oh. is up. Everybody, my little. Oh, how sweet. Man, what was I saying? I said. About the jar and how you're, yes. you may not always, how you're showing up or see yourself. And, and you need right? like the support of someone like you and the giftedness mm -hmm. of someone to help you look from the outside in. And it, I, that's just how I see sort of the work that you're helping others to do is. To help leverage that. And for a lot of authors, they struggle to really monetize their work. They struggle to do more beyond their book. And I think that there's definitely a tie in their branding, right? And their platform and how those things show up. How can personal branding play a role in helping them attract the right customers and the opportunities that surround their book in terms of income streams and all the things? Yeah, I feel like Many times when people write their books, it's like they're already a speaker or they're already in spaces where they are sharing and inspiring and encouraging people. Not for every situation, but uh, a lot of times that book, having written book and being a, a published author is really something to really help you leverage your expertise mm -hmm. and, and how you're known, right? With that being said, I, I'm, I'm going to go back to really knowing, here's another thing that I work with my clients on. What is, what do you stand for? Not, I know what's important to you, right? But we start with, what do you really stand for? What is, what are your values? Uh, and I actually created a manifesto called the I Stand Manifesto. And that's one of the foundational pieces that we go through. Mm. So some of my, like an example of mine, what I, one of my core values is creative self-expression. I stay, and we literally go through, I stand for creative self-expression. I stand for collective healing. I stand for respect. I stand for kindness. I stand for being real. <laughs> and so when you, the reason why we do this practice in the beginning and the reason why I recommend anybody just do it is because you get clarity. And with that clarity of what it is you stand for can really help you determine what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to say no to. Who you're going to play with, meaning partnerships or the things, 
podcast and clientele and what you want, because is it aligned or is it not aligned? And that is such an important key of being, of having that clarity and that knowledge so that you, even in the shift of having clarity, there's like, it's palpable and energy. And so that helps you. That can also pour over into social media. Like what social, do I want to be on all the social media places? Probably not because I have a limited amount of (laughs) energy and Mm -hmm. space and even Mm -hmm. a lot of support, right? So it really helps you to determine what's really important. And then I also have, I hear a little feedback now. I wonder if that's on, you, you, do you not hear it? Are you good? It stopped. I'm I'm good. Is it still? Okay. Okay. It stopped. Yeah, it, it stopped. Going back to the, I mentioned, I also have this art of minding own business Mm -hmm. uh, portion where we really, what it really comes down to is when you're not minding your own business, when you're not taking stock and catering to the things that fill you up, noticing the things you're consuming. I say when you're not doing this, when you're caught up in comparison, when you're feeling paralysis, perfectionism, it's due to something one main thing, comparisonitis, it's an affliction. And what happens is that you're consuming everything around you more than you're creating. So you're taking stock and comparing yourself and looking at what Joe and Paul and Cindy are doing out there. And it's taking a toll on your creativity and your ability to even show up in a, in a this is who I am. What we do is we look at the ways that you can start to look at like how are you spending your time in the morning what are you listening to on podcasts like how much social media you're exposing yourself to what kinds of accounts what are you feeding your body physically water what are you consuming and really being mindful mind hence minding your business like being mindful of that so then that when you're being mindful of what you're taking in then you allow more space and creativity and the means for you to show up in a more, again, authentic way for you. And that makes a difference in your personal brand. That is huge. (laughs) That is huge. I think now mind your business takes on a whole other meaning for sure. Yeah, mind business of living. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and this, and branding, as we discussed before, like it does change over time. It evolves over time. And it's important that authors and all of us really we kind of adapt our strategies right and stay relevant so how do you recommend that experts and, and authors can keep their personal brand fresh and keep it aligned with their goals as things change and i think you've alluded to some of this because your personal brand is like your goals like your goals your vision your values it's like this yeah are. like how do you recommend that as things change that you can still Stay on course and stay true to that. I have a whole blueprint so they can just revisit it. But if they don't, (laughs) if they don't have access to the embodied branding blueprint, I would say keep, it really is based on how you feel. Are you Mm -hmm. feeling enthusiastic and energized? A lot of times that tells you your answer. Are you feeling, uh, you're having to do things out of necessity. You're not feeling super like enthusiastic not even satisfied with what you're seeing Hmm. if you cringe when you look at certain things like marketing things and you're like that's just not that's not it 
where you're feeling a bit stifled, like you're not actually conveying the things that you want in the way that you want. And it's not being filtered through in the variety or various ways of points of contact that you have with people. Hmm. Then that's the time to just, whether you have a team or you have somebody to support or a coach to just go back to what you stand for in that and looking at some of the ways that you can actually start to share a bit more or share differently. I feel like this whole entrepreneurship life is really about having faith, patience, and being open to experimenting. Hmm. Right? Like faith meaning <laughs> when you're when you have a vision for something, you have no idea how it's going to unfold. You're just like, look, I'm going to do it and, and take it one step at a time. <laughs> There's no blueprint at this moment. I'm creating it as I go. Mm. That's faith, right? Like it's going to, I'm going to be supported. The answer is going to come. The right people. That's the, many of probably the audience probably experienced that in writing the book and having the book being done and completed, right? Maybe it started as a thought. And, oh, my goodness. This might take a long time or how in the world. And it worked. Mm-hmm. And it ends up together. That's faith and taking inspired action, having the patience because your patience is important because it's timing has so much to do with everything, right? The right timing of things. And no, I'm not saying wait and wait until you feel exactly ready because you're never going to feel exactly ready when it's like it's this nudge that just keeps bugging you, won't go anywhere mm-hmm. to do the thing. Then you got to just do the thing, but also understand that maybe a launch doesn't go may not go as planned the first time or a webinar. Okay, so what? You did it the one time, let's do it again. And tweaking, mm-hmm. experimenting. So experimentation comes in, it's all of it. Trying it a different way, doing it a couple more times, just seeing how it continues to build. It, the project, the product, the experience. That's what I mean. I hear that. And it's remaining consistent to that and always to who you are at the end of the day. Yes. Yeah. And remain consistent and aligned to who you are. Right. I, I really needed to hear all of this today. This has been wonderful. Oh, <laughs> oh that's good. Yeah. Good. And, and I, I'm pretty sure that those listening share the same sentiment. This has been such mm-hmm. a good conversation. So as we wrap things up, Keisha, feel free to share where folks can get in contact with you, be connected with you. And then any last parting words of advice you have for the audience until next time? Yeah. So you can follow me. I like to play on Instagram. I am at Striking Statements. Strikingstatements.com is my website. So you can go there and check out my testimonials, see what kinds of offerings I have, and contact me as well. I, I would love that. and. Any last parting words? I talk a lot about embodying. My coaching program is called the Embody Your Brand Personal Branding Program because it's so much more than giving lip service to the things that you you say you want. It's about really tapping into and exuding that. So it's about like living the truth of what you want your experience to be, even if it's not exactly what you ultimately want it's about embodying that next version of you now 
Mm. You're making choices based on this future version of you. That's why it's important to look at what you, what's important uh, to you, what you stand for. It's about what is that thing about me? It's factor. How can I harness it a bit more? So this could be, can I say something about the it factor? Yeah. I feel like we're running out. Okay. Your it factor is the thing that only you can do in the way that you can do it. And it's so important for personal branding because it's the thing when you can use it, when you harness, it's the thing that makes you magnetic and radiant and irresistible because it's, it touches on that unapologetic kind of thing that mm. you're like, yeah, this is me. And a lot of times when people are, we're working together to discover what that is, I believe that it exists in two places. One, in your too muchness. We have all been told at some point, typically when we're young, and I say during childhood or in our formative adult years, in our young adulthood, we are typically told that we're too much in some way. And this could be, you're too loud, you're too inquisitive, you're too sensitive, you're too emotional. Mm. However it is, we've all been told it. And what does that say? Ultimately, be less of who you are. Totally no. And we've internalized that in some way. And so I help my clients and the people I, I speak, speaking engagements to do an exercise and looking at that. Where have you been told that you've been too much? And where can, how has actually helped you? And so it's like just shifting that paradigm. The other area of discovering your it factor is what I call looking at the trends and feedback. So the trends, these are the things, the common um, topics, right? The, the things that a lot of people are talking about. So as it relates to your it factor, I say another way of discovering that is to look at how your colleagues, your clients, your people close to you, like, what are the common things that they share with you, positive, to share? Like, maybe, gosh, you're so witty. You're so damn funny. Mm-hmm. Or you have this energy that just is so welcoming. You've got a good energy. Or maybe it's you know how to break down really complex information into clear, understandable, like, things that anybody could really get. Like, these are the kinds of examples that we can start to look at through what I call the trends and feedback to actually discover, oh, maybe that is my it factor as well. Mm. So those are the two, those are the things I really focus on. And with both, your what you stand for and understanding your it factor, it helps you embody it and be it yeah. versus talk about it. And you know what's so exciting about it is that being in your it factor, right, and discovering that, and it's all, it's, it's it reiterates this, theme that I've been learning in the last year, maybe year and a half, two years, that your path is your personal path. Like it is yours. And I think oftentimes, especially for myself, I've cut off or I've embraced a lot of methodologies and strategies and things like that, that were not for me. They were not wired for me. They're wired for someone else. And so that approach, or I should say that, that learning has helped me to see that Whatever that path is, is very personal, very unique to you, and it has to fit you, not that you have to change yourself and who you are authentically in order to fit some mold, so to speak. It can be yours and it's personal. And then these other tools, social media, podcasting, what you do, going to an event or whatever, it just all circles around that. Yeah, It's all connected there. 
this was amazing. I, as you can see, I was about, we were about to continue a whole nother thought, but we're going <laughs> to uh, definitely pause there. And I would love to do this again, to have another conversation at some point. So I think that's really important, uh, especially as authors venture into the space and their own branding and how they show up even more authentically. Your book is just going to amplify that even more. So you want to be clear, you want to know. So I highly recommend those listening in. If you enjoyed what you heard and got any value from it, highly recommend connecting with Keisha, following her and learning more about what she's up to. She's very generous and she's always super helpful and wanting to really see people shine bright. Like that's her thing. And I can tell that she uh, gets a lot of joy from that. So I want to acknowledge that and appreciate that about you um, since we first met, which I think was when I first moved to San Diego. So thank you for just always being like, you're definitely uh, someone practices what they preach so to speak so uh, i appreciate you and thank you for being here thank you for having me thank you so much all right that concludes another episode of the author's leverage and i trust you're leaving today's conversation inspired and equipped to see your book as a source for so many possibilities before we part ways, I want to remind you to download your copy of the ebook and its digital companion workbook, Five Ways to Get More Bang for Your Book. Again, it's a roadmap that's going to be useful to help you unlock the full potential of your book. Find it on our website, connect with us on social media, subscribe to the podcast, and share it along with a fellow author. Until next time, remember that your words have the power to change lives. So keep innovating, keep leveraging, and keep making an extraordinary impact. We'll see you next time.